Seraph Hunter 2, Chapter 89 Eyes Not a Good Man Reminiscence The room hushed, silence forcing everything else out. The single lamp at the bedside cast light on his solid shape. Looking at Derek's eyes, mostly in shadow, Fallon thought, he's hurting something fierce. It felt like when she used to sit by the river, alone, just watching the old world float by after something bad happened. Derek stood, starting to button his shirt. What you doing, sir? Putting on his hat, picking his bandolier and gun belt from the post, his rifle and boots, he said, I'm not a good man, Miss Fallon. I'll go. As the big black man put his hand to the white doorknob, in a small voice, Fallon said, Please don't go. Hesitating, emotions boiling inside his chest, I can't do it. I'm sorry. You... You don't have to. We can just talk. You don't have to do anything. Please? Her voice reached into him like a warm hug, calming his heart. Turning, looking at the young woman meeting his eyes, he felt safe. Okay. Tin. I tell you, Dick, forget silver. Go into tin. It's the next big thing. Dick sat, big Stetson hat front turned up, sipping on his whiskey. That's ludicrous, Amos. No one wants to buy tin. Ludicrous? Why are you using those big words on me? How am I supposed to know what that means? Fingering his cards, squinting through his thin wire-framed spectacles, Dick answered, It means something that's ridiculously absurd. If and I wanted to know that, I'd have went past the third grade. Staring at his opponent's card, Amos said, You gonna raise me or just sit there John all day? A big Swede came over half again the size of a normal man, took a chair, turned it around, and sat. Howdy, Shirley. How's life treating you? Dick asked. Can't complain. Been digging ditches all day. What will you have, Shirley? A curly-haired brunette asked with arms full of dirty plates. After a hard day's work. Two steaks, eggs and taters, and a beer. Plus a sweet piece of you for dessert giving her a side hug around her waist, pulling her closer. She laughed. You go get a bath and shave a bit. Maybe I'll give you a kiss if you're lucky. I'll go get your grub. She untangled herself. Amos asked the big Swede, Shirley, you ever heard a word named ludicrous? Nope. Well, Dick here used it on me. Wasn't fair. Smiling, Shirley said, Don't mind old dictionary. He can't help it. Look on the bright side. The man's handy when you need to read a newspaper. I suppose, looking at Dick, Amos said, call you darn fool, but I tell you, there's going to be a lot of people wanting tin. The right thing. Some part of her just wanted to see him leave, but she sensed it to be wrong, like not telling a person he dropped a dollar on the ground. Derek, thinking of his mama praying, knew he should do the right thing, leave the young woman before he'd do wrong. But he didn't feel that staying was wrong. In fact, he felt like he should stay. Makes no sense, he thought to himself. Setting his things down again, he said, How you zinned up here? As if talking to a long-lost friend, she began. When I was a youngin, I had a favorite place I sat on the river. It was my most special place in the world. I used to dream about what life would be when I'd grow up. Derek listened, heart quieting. Then the cholera hit in 73, and a lot of our kin died. Paul said it was because there were too many folk in one place, and he aimed to move. 
born a slave. Fallon asked, Where were you born, sir? Georgia. That's where my mama was. I was born a slave. Mama did the sewing for the missus of the master in the evening, worked the fields by day. She was really good, sewed all my clothes. I looked so good that he'd say, Why, Derek, you look so smart, you're bound to be someone. Smiling, Fallon said, I am sure you look real smart, sir. Ours master was a good man. He didn't beat us like most did. We worked hard because we liked him, and we wanted the plantation to succeed. Pickin' Cotton I'd follow Mama every morning in the field. She'd pick cotton. I'd walk beside with a sack. You ties a rope to one side, then round your shoulder, then again to the other side like a harness for a horse. I'd small so she'd shorten my rope. Mama's bent over picking cotton. I was talking up a storm, keeping up with the sack, even winds it got heavy. Mama says, you pick cotton, son, not pulls. Shows me how it's done. Between my jabbering, she'd tell me about the good book, saying, Derek, you's believe and always be a good boy. At night, she'd be hurting, so I'd press my small fingers into her back. She'd say, a little lower. Sounds like your mama was your best friend in all the world, Fallon chimed, saying, I love my mom, Pa, too. Paul was a carpenter, curious with wood. He could build anything. When he'd sand the wood so smooth, I would touch it, loving how it felt. He didn't talk much, not like Ma, but I loved to just sit and watch him work, creating useful things out of nothing. I was barely 14 when Pa decided it was getting crowded again, fearing. He bought an old wagon, fixed it up, and we loaded. Set out on the California Trail for Sacramento. Wagon Train I liked the wagon train. Got to meet an awful lot of nice folk and other young'uns my age. I hated the rain, though. So much mud everywhere. The whole lot of us slowing down to a crawl for days before the land dried out. Then one day, people started getting sick, like back in Ohio. They said it was bad water. Sick in the morning, dead by evening. Pa decided to leave the train and head south towards Tombstone. People warned him it was Indian land, but guess he feared the sickness more than he feared the Apache. I knows fear, Derek said, remembering the day he was sold. Fear can make a man do things. I think Pa was right, but he got sick a day after we broke off. He died that evening, shaken, shivering. Mama wouldn't let me see. Then she got sick, too. I'm sorry, Derek said, feeling Fallon's pain. He wanted to go sit by her, but thought she might take it wrong. I sold when I was 17 to another master, Derek said. He was a cruel man. Beat me when I didn't do what he wanted quick. I was his blacksmith, good with iron. I miss my mama terrible. Compared to where I grew up, that was hell on earth for me. He whipped me once because I was broke one of his tools, laid into me with a bullwhip. I was took it for a while, hoping he'd stop. But he didn't. Like I says, Miss Fallon, I is not a good man. Fallon, looking at him in the light from the lamp, asked, Will you come sit with me? The big man hesitated for a moment, then stood and came over and sat next to her. She took one of his large hands, holding it as he continued. I took holds of the whip, pulled him close, grabbed the hand sickle I'd been fixing and slung it hard. Pausing, he finally said, It's hard watching someone die. I know, sir. They just stop being, like they go somewhere else. That's how it felt when Mama passed. Sorry, I don't mean to scare you, Miss Fallon, 
I'm not afraid, sir. I know you're pushed, squeezing his hand. What happened after you ma passed? Where you go, Miss Fallon? I got sick myself, but not to death. After a couple of days, I woke up and managed to stand. I felt so weak. I unhitched one of the horses, hoping that if I gave him his head, he'd find water. Let the others go run free. I couldn't get on at first, so brought him next to the wagon and managed to get on him from there. I just held on. It was all I could do. I remember next falling off the saddle into water. The horse found a river, and I nearly drowned, but I drank. When I looked up, there was Indians all around me. Apache, I guessed. From among them came a woman on a horse, looking down at me. She was fierce-looking, a band on her hair and long braids. Her eyes were so dark, intense. She said something to the others. They took me. Derek, head turning to look at the young woman, guessed what that meant. As if hearing his thoughts, she said, I learned later the lady who spoke was called Lozen, a great medicine woman. She told the braves that I was a child of the water. Usen said I was not to be harmed. Looking at her with skepticism, If you say so, they gave me this blue necklace. She pulled a thin, braided leather strap out from under her nightshirt, strung with a couple dozen turquoise and silver beads. Derek took the warm turquoise stones in his hand, saying, That's real pretty. Turning, laying on her back, finding the covers, pulling them up against the cold, Fallon asked, What happened after you fought with your master? Out west. As for Anne, I stole the master's horse, took some of my tools, then headed west. If and they caught me, I'd been hanged, or worse. On the plains, I got work as a skinner, then learned to shoot and became a buffalo hunter. Fallon noted a hint of pride in his voice now. She didn't know what time it was, but guessed it was towards morning. You want to lay down? she asked. You must be tired. He was tired, bone-weary. Just a bit, stretching out beside her, looking at the ceiling as she turned on her side facing him. Unexpectedly, she snuggled up to him like a child. Then, as if something uncoiled inside, Derek recounted the day Custer arrested him and sent him back to the fort with three soldiers, the ones he'd humiliated. In a strange, detached way, he recounted how he'd overcome one of them as the man pissed, knocking him out cold with his two hands tied together. Cutting his bonds with a man's knife, he got the drop on the other two, taking their gun. Hateful. I just don't know why I did it. It was hateful. They pleaded for their lives, the two tied to a tree, as I dragged the other, still out cold, in front of them, pouring water on his face. Has made them watch. It was like all the world stopped to listen, not knowing what to say to the terrible thing I was doing. Afterwards, both fell silent, the room brightening in the pre-dawn glow. Fallon raised to her elbows, looked at the big man who seemed shrunken by his terrible confession, like he'd nothing else left but an empty sack for a body. He seemed more like a hurting boy than a cold-blooded killer. Derek finished, his voice cracking with regret. So you see, Miss Fallon, for true I's not lying, I's not a good man. A beautiful day. Looking out the window, seeing a golden sun cresting over the hills, Fallon thought, this old world still has beauty in it. Realizing he hadn't done her wrong, and the night was over, 
She put her arms around him, laying her head on his chest, tears trickling down her cheeks. Well, sir, you're a good man today.